0: Welcome to McCullough Christian Center's broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.PurposeMCC.com. I like it when God lines a service up. Amen. I like it when Holy Spirit starts at the beginning and goes all the way through to the final amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 2, we're going to begin reading with verse 1. While you're still turning, I still hear pages turning. So while you're still looking for the book of Luke, it is in the the New Testament, uh, if you're wondering. Third book in the New Testament. But I want to say how much I appreciate uh, Katie and, and Ryan uh, uh yesterday. I don't know if you didn't get to make it down to Ura. Uh, it was it was awesome. It was a beautiful day, and our uh, ignite drama team was there. You guys did an awesome job. Listen, I want to tell you, it's not it's not easy to go into an atmosphere like that and and perform or minister. It's hard. And I appreciate those guys. Destiny all did an awesome job yesterday. And Katie and Ryan are not here this morning, but uh, they did an awesome job. We appreciate them for doing that. And uh, I think that's going to be something that's going to really be big in the next few years. So uh, we just appreciate that. Luke chapter 2. I want to bring you a word this morning that God began to deal with me about two weeks ago. And uh, it's just been a work in progress. But it's got a long title to it, but this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, God's greatest work in the most unexpected places and times. God does his greatest work in us when we're least expecting it. As a matter of fact, God has done his greatest work in my life when I felt like I was at my worst. God's greatest miracles have taken place in my life when I felt like I was at a place where I was least deserving of any of the goodness of God. But it's in those times, uh, somebody used a uh, Job this morning, I think it was Amber, was talking about Job and, and how his wife, Said just curse God and die. But Job didn't do that. You see, sometimes those around us don't understand what God is doing within us. They don't understand why if you were such a a good Christian and if God was such a good God, you wouldn't be going through what you're going through. But sometimes I'm going through what I'm going through because God has looked at me and said, you're awesome, you're doing a good job, and, but they don't understand that what God is doing in my life is he's just moving me up to another level of the anointing. Amen? God's greatest work in the most unexpected places and times. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. I want you to notice verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Father, we thank you that your word is alive. We thank you this morning that your word is powerful. And Father, I thank you this morning that your word will find its mark today It will penetrate to the very core of who we are. And, Lord, we give you praise today that it will bring life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. I'm going to do my best to not be long this morning. Uh, So I'm just going to get right to it. In Micah, the book of Micah, chapter 5 and verse 1, Micah was a minor prophet in the Old Testament. And Micah prophesied around 750 years before Christ. In other words, 750 years uh, before Jesus was ever born, Micah gave this prophecy. And he said he said this, Now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops. He hath laid siege against us, and they shall smite the judge of Israel uh, with a rod upon the cheek. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old and from everlasting. What an amazing prophecy that is. If you, if you know someone that doubts the word of God and doubts the validity of the word of God, just begin to talk to them about prophecy and about the prophetic words that are in the Bible. Because the Bible has words that have been spoken just like this one hundreds of years before it came to pass, but it came to pass exactly like it was spoken. Micah prophesied not only of the birth of Jesus, but in verse 1 he talked about the the death or the crucifixion of Christ. But I want to focus on verse 2 where Micah said, that out of Bethlehem is going to come. Uh, uh, that uh, is going to come forth unto me, him that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from old and from everlasting. So what Micah was saying is this: that there's going to be one that's going to come out of Bethlehem, that's going to be uh, birthed in Bethlehem, and his goings forth or his 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 existence has been from old and from everlasting. In other words, he has always been and always will be. He is not just starting out in, and on the day that we celebrate the birth of Christ. That's not when Christ was really uh, came into being. Christ had been in being from, from the beginning of time and he will be all the way through. Amen, eternity. So 750 years, Micah prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, and we just read that in Luke chapter two that uh, that the decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the all the world that known world would be registered or taxed, and so uh, the story goes on to save a little bit of time that Joseph. Uh, of the house, Joseph was the of the house and lineage of King David. King David was born in Bethlehem. That was the place where David was born. So therefore, Joseph, being of the lineage of David, had to take his family, his wife, uh, or Mary, and they had to go to Bethlehem to register. Couldn't do it online back then. Couldn't email them or anything, so he had to go to Bethlehem to be registered because of a census that was being set up by the Roman Caesar. But here's what I want to talk to you about, and I'm not going to read all the scripture that that goes with it, but to make a long story short, Mary, the angel had appeared to Mary and said, uh, thou art highly favored. And and he told her about that she was gonna uh, carry a child, and and that this child was gonna be called Emmanuel or or uh, Jesus, and that she was gonna give birth to a child, and and so you know the story how that that Mary uh, was with child without. Before she even knew a man, she was a Virgin Mary, but yet she was uh, empowered uh, with uh, the seed of God, and she became the mother of Jesus. So here she is. She's, she's uh, carrying this, this child, carrying this baby. This miracle of God has taken place in her. And so the Lord began to deal with me, about situations and circumstances. Let me ask you this this morning, because we're kind of we're kind of transitioning this Sunday and next Sunday. We'll be kind of transitioning out of 2022 into 2023. But if you look back on this year, did you experience some detours in your life? Did you experience some circumstances and situations in your life that when they happened, you said, oh my goodness, this is not going to be good? Did you experience some some problems in your life that you looked up uh, and said, God, what is going on? I mean, they've already preached my message this morning. I'm just making sure you understood what they were saying. But is there, is there things in your life that you look back and say, God, where, where are you or where were you when this took place? Pain and struggle and battle in my life, disappointments and discouragements and frustrations and, and, and things that, that cut us to the core, that hurt us and, and brought great pain in our, in our lives. Did you experience any of that in, in this past year? Maybe you lost a loved one or, or maybe a relationship didn't work out or, or maybe uh, the enemy attacked your family with, with destruction and, and tried to destroy you and you say, God, I don't understand what's going on. How many of you know this morning that you can be one that is carrying a word from God, but it does not mean that you're not going to have to walk through some things and experience some difficulties and some detours and some problems and some struggles in your life. But unfortunately... Many times we have the word from God, we're carrying that seed of the word of God in us and and those problems and those struggles that we deal with cause us to back away and uh, and stop doing what God has called us to do. So I've come this morning and I want to tell you and encourage you that if you are carrying a word from God, don't let the problem and the struggle and the battle dictate to you if you are carrying a word of God understand this get it in your spirit that I've got a word from God and, not, and my battle is not going to determine whether it is from God or not I'm trying to be calm to say my voice so y'all got to help me out okay So she was with child. So I want to kind of take you through some things. This series of unexpected events. The struggle was already enough for Mary and Joseph trying to explain the fact that she was carrying a child while still being a virgin. There was already enough battle going on and struggle going on when people were asking the question, "Well, Mary, somebody has messed up. You and JoJo not even married yet, and you already got a child on the way. Baby, something's going on there somewhere." And she had to battle against all of that. She had the battle of telling Joseph and 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 uh, working with Joseph and understanding. Listen. Uh, that she was a virgin daughter, uh, Virgin Mary, and she was walking around with a child. Oh, I know most of y'all, you had never had to, had to deal with with brother cranktified that's always saying praise God something's got to be going on there and and sister sanctified or let me say sister bucket mouth that's always saying well that that can't be of God you you done messed up there somewhere and all of that and Mary and Joseph was having to deal can you imagine in that religious atmosphere what they were having to deal with when when things. God wasn't doing things according to the dictates of man. Listen, I want to—I want you to know this morning that some of the greatest things that God has done in my life, I've had people look at me in the face and say, who do you think you are? God doesn't work like that. God doesn't do that and all of that. And I had a choice to make to either stand there and say, oh, yes, but God is. And I stood there and I said, I'm going to believe God through it all. And God came through. So I want to encourage somebody here this morning. God's put a word in you and He's put a seed in you. But I want to tell you that, that the devil will use Brother Cranktified and Sister Sanctified to come and rob you of your joy and tell you that God's not going to work like that. So Mary had to deal with all that stuff. She had to deal with all the battles going on around her. And you can look at the life of Jesus and see how it was, it was, it was a, a religious atmosphere that was charged with traditionalism and all those things. If you don't do it like I do it, then it's not right. If you don't worship like we worship, then you're wrong. If you do this, you're going to go to hell. If you say this, you're going to go to hell. If you you don't act like I do, you're going to go to hell. Well, let them go. But you do what God told you to do. Stop allowing men and women to dictate into your spirit what you're going to do for God. Quit looking at other people for affirmation. And begin to realize that God has affirmed who you are. Mm. Wow. That was a lot better than than you caught. Mary had to deal with all this stuff. Listen, you'll never have a word from God that you're not going to walk through some battles to carry that word out. Not only that, but I can almost see Joseph walking in, in, the, in the house uh, that day uh, and looking at Mary across the dinner table and saying, Baby, i got to tell you, we're going to have to take a trip. And I can almost hear Mary looking back at Joseph and saying, Joseph, do you not realize that I'm a?" eight plus months pregnant that this baby is about to come and you're talking about taking a trip. Joseph looks back at her and said, Mary, we don't have a choice. The Roman government's requiring me to go back to my uh, place of my birth or the the place of my lineage and, and register. Probably Mary looks at him and says, Do you realize, Joseph, that that we're six miles away from Bethlehem and Bethlehem is in the hill country of Judea? It's not an easy journey. And Joseph, do you realize that I'm going to have to ride old Ollie all the way uh, to Bethlehem? Do you understand, Joseph, that I'm carrying a baby and I've got to ride this donkey all the way uh, to Bethlehem? Listen, I'm talking about unexpected things that happen. I want you to catch this. I've not found anywhere in Scripture where Joseph knew that Jesus was to be born in Bethlehem. All that I have found in Scripture is that God, through an angel, spoke to Joseph and said, your, 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 our Mary is carrying a child that's from the Holy Spirit. See, sometimes we spiritualize these things and we say, well, it's no big deal. But nowhere in Scripture can I find where Joseph knew the events that were coming. He knew that his wife was carrying a child that was conceived by the Holy Spirit, but that is about all he knew. So you can ask yourself the question, Did Joseph have some religious uh, uh, people come to him and say, hey, that baby that your wife is carrying is going to be born in Bethlehem? I don't think so. I believe it was an event that was orchestrated by God that though it impacted everybody in that region, The real purpose was that God said, I've got to get Joseph and Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Can I tell you this? This is is one of them. The greatest work that God does in you many times is done. Because he had to put pressure on you to get up and move from where you are. You ain't got to jump shout. I know I'm speaking the word of God. I know I'm speaking something to you this morning. If God had not put pressure on you. If God had not used a Caesar. to put pressure on your life, you would never have got up and moved because in your carnal thinking, you thought this can't be of God. Can I tell you something? Let me prophesy something to you. In 2023, the Lord Or let me say it like this. Holy Spirit has put in my spirit that in 2023 that he's going to begin to use people that are unexpected. He's going to begin to do things that are unexpected. But he's going to begin to pour out the anointing on people that we would never expect to walk in the anointing. If you want to be a part of that, I'm telling you this morning, quit questioning and quit reasoning and quit trying to figure out why God did this and what God's doing and just get up, Joseph and Mary, and move and go to Bethlehem because God's got a plan and a purpose there. So it was one of those unexpected trips that they had to take. Bethlehem. But yet, while it was unexpected with them, perhaps, it was right in the plan that God had. So they go to Bethlehem. I told you a while ago to pay close attention to verse 7 in Luke chapter 2. Let me read that again in Luke chapter 2 and verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. The very fact that this verse mentions that she had her son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for King James Version says, because there was no room for them in the inn. She laid him in a manger in the cow stall, the feeding trough, because there was no room for them in the inn. The very fact that the Bible mentions that, that that there was no room for them in the inn, lets me know That they had every intention that when we go to Bethlehem, we're gonna stay in the comfort inn. If I gotta do this, I can see Mary, because I can see my wife. Say in the corn, if we have to do this, I ain't staying in no rinky-dink motel. I don't care if they do leave the light on for you. I ain't staying there. So it lets me know that they had previous plans that they were going to stay in the local inn. That was their plan. But God worked it out that there wasn't any room there. Because it wasn't the plan and purpose of God for the Son of God to be born in the comfort inn. Because the destiny and the purpose for the word that Mary was carrying was the display to a lost and dying world that this king, this child, even though he was a king, was coming as a servant I was thinking as I was standing down there earlier, what would it be like if Sister Natalie and them were singing this morning and Sister Natalie looked out into the audience and said, Mary, would you come up here and share with us your testimony? I wondered. I wondered what it would be like. Because I can't help but think because when you would pinch her, she would say, ouch. She wasn't some spiritual god that walked around on clouds all day. She was a humble little girl that had been chosen by God for something amazing. And I dare say that Mary would stand and say, you know what, in that whole journey, there was a lot of struggles, there was a lot of battles, I was discouraged when, we, when they didn't have any room for us to stay because all I was thinking is that I am about to give birth to a baby. And I don't want to be on the street when I'm giving birth to this. I've been carrying this word for nine months and he is about to come and about to be born. And I don't want to be on the streets of a city that I'm not familiar with while this birth is taking place. Probably. Never will forget, years ago, Judy and myself went on vacation. I'm not going to say where we went, but we went on vacation. Judy had booked us a place at this certain place. We drove in that afternoon, went to the desk and registered. They told us where to go. We drove around uh, to the back and and, uh, got out and, and went inside the place where we were about to stay. It was filthy. Roach run across the floor. just nasty. I said, oh Jesus, here we go. Judy looked at me and said, you know when I start shaking her head like that, she said, I paid, she took it out of my checking account, but I paid too much money. For this place, it's not clean, the beds are dirty, I am not staying here. Now Corn, you go, you go up there and tell them we want our money back. So I had to go up there and lead that man in the path of righteousness. Stopping short of pulling him across the counter to pray for him. Nah, it wasn't that bad. He didn't want to give our money back, but we did. We got our money back and we went to a better place. So I think about Mary and I think about the events that take place. The unexpected things that don't work out like we were expecting them to work out. Situations that happen that upset what our plans were. Health issues. Things such as that that come up, and it upsets the plan that we have. But you see, what happens is that when those things take place, the enemy always comes and says, see there, I told you. I told you you were out of God's will. See, if it had been God's will, Mary, you could have stayed in the Hyatt Regency, whatever that is. If it was really God's will and you were really carrying the Son of God, He would have had you a a, a marriage suite. But now, there's not even any room in the Comfort Inn. You understand what I'm saying? And the enemy will come and bombard your spirit and bombard your mind and tell you that you are out of God's will. And a lot of that is because of the culture that we've been raised in where everything is at our fingertips. But can I tell you this morning that you've got to understand That God's work is not according to the way that I think all the time. God's plans are higher than mine. God's ways are bigger than mine. And God's got a way of doing things that very seldom I understand. But I've come to the realization that if I will just maintain and stay on track, I will live to see the goodness of God. So circumstances, again, changed their plans. So the only option they had was a place where they kept the animals. Now, we don't know if that was a cave or we don't know what it was, but it was simply... We know it was a place where they kept the animals. Let me give you one more little nugget. And I hope you're taking notes. But here's another little nugget. There wasn't any room in the inn because that's where everybody went. But there was room in the cow stall because that's where nobody went. Mm. <laughs> See what? Lets, that lets me know something about God. That you've got to be careful about the big crowds. Because God's not always there with the big crowd. Sometimes God will get you to a place of privacy. He'll get you to a place where nobody else is going to come unless they are called there by God himself. That's the reason that that according to the Bible when Jesus was born the only people that showed up were those that had a vision from God that said this is what God said and this is why I'm here. So they found themselves in the animal stall. Isn't it amazing many times that God says, this is a word that I'm going to give you. This is what I'm going to do in your life. And we say, yes, praise God, and start praying in tongues and run with it. And God is standing back there saying, hey, there's a P.S. on that. The details are not provided. Did you ever notice that? God told Moses he was going to use him to lead his people out of bondage in Egypt. But he didn't tell Moses that he was going to have to walk through some battles and some struggles. God told David through the prophet Samuel. Even poured the oil over David's head and said God's called you to be the king of Israel. But he didn't tell David that for 15 or 20 years, you're going to have to run for your life because your enemy is going to try to destroy you and rob you. See, God always, when he gives us a word, there's always details that are not provided. But here's the thing. If you don't get anything else, get what I'm saying. If you are a child of God, and God's put a purpose in you, a destiny in you, and you're sitting here this morning and saying, but pastor, you don't realize what happened. You don't know what's going on in my life. You don't know what so-and-so has done. You don't know the circumstances that I'm dealing with you don't know the battle that I've been through this week. And no, I don't know what you've been through. But the, the, the question is this. Has God invested his spirit into your life? Has God put himself in your life? If the answer is yes, then it doesn't matter what hell is throwing at you because you are the carrier of the anointing of the power of the spirit of the very presence of the very spirit of a mighty, moving, powerful, sinless God. Listen, so here's the thing. Jesus said this. He said, I am the door. If any man enters in by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So here's the thing. That when I understand. That my trials and my struggles can't dictate whether or not it's God. But my trials and struggles are brought my way to get me into the place where I can follow God. Jesus said, I'm the door. If you come in through me, you will be saved. And you will be able to go in and out and find pasture. Here's the thing, and I'm, I'm fixing to close. Bruce, you guys can come if you, if you will, please. Here's the thing that God began to deal with me about. God began to deal with me about this very thing that God said, Holy Spirit spoke to my spirit, and he said this. He said, I want to bring people to the place where they understand the value of who they are in me. He said, because society, circumstances, and events has devalued people. It's caused them to think of themselves as having no value. It's caused them to look at themselves in the mirror and say, I can't do this. It's not because what's happened, it's, or it's not because who you are, but it's because of what has happened around you. That is because the enemy has so worked in your mind that he's causing you to think that you are of no value. Caused you to doubt the very thing that God has promised in your life. You're going to see your husband saved. You're going to see your wife saved. Your children, the drug addiction is going to be broken from over their lives. But you stand in the mirror and say, I don't see it happening, God. And you give up. You don't look at God and say, God, I give up. But in your mind, you give up. Remember what I said a little while ago? That the reason that the inn was full was because that's where everybody went. But the reason that the cow stall was empty was, that, was because that's where nobody went. Listen to this. Mary was carrying the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. Same was in the beginning with God. By him was all things made, and without him nothing was made. And I, I know I'm not quoting that exactly right. She was carrying the very word of God, Brother Jack. Isn't that awesome? I wish I could have been married. No. No, I don't. I'm glad I'm a man. No, no, listen, listen. She was carrying that that had been implanted into her body by Holy Spirit. You didn't choose God. God chose you. The problem is that there are those around you that did not choose God. They chose the way of the world. But you chose God. Wow. But in... The foreknowledge, the all-seeing, all-powerful, almighty understanding of God. God said, I'm going to put my word in you. And what I do in you is going to affect those around you. I called you. You answered, I called them. They didn't answer, but I called you. So what I'm going to do is put something in you that's going to have an impact on those who have not yet answered. Listen. Jesus was born in a stable in Bethlehem. Laid in a manger that was used to feed the animals. The very lowest of the low shepherds were the ones that were were specifically called by God. I want you to come and see what's happening in the cow stall. So here's the thing. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, out of their obedience, what Mary was carrying in her womb brought value to a place that nobody wanted to go. In other words, to simplify it, what Mary, what God was birthing in Mary gave value to a place that would never get a second glance from anybody, but it was because of the humility of a man and a woman. Said, I don't understand why we couldn't stay at Comfort Inn. This is the only place that they've got. But we're going to stay here and we're going to give birth to that that's been birthed in us by God Almighty. Listen. Have you ever noticed? I'm trying to close. Have you ever noticed? That in all the history, that the inn is just mentioned as the inn. They don't say anything about this was the Comfort Inn or this was Fairfield Inn and Sweets or something like that. Or this is the place where uh, Mary and Joseph came to stay but there wasn't no room. So we're famous for that. No, there's nothing. All there is, is that it was an I-N-N. But the cow stall, that didn't even have a name, (laughs) is still, is still Remember today. Why? Because of that that was born in the cow stall. Listen, you might think that it's all over. And you might look around you and say, how in the world did I get to where I am? And how in the world and am I going to get out of where I am? But understand this. This is what the Bible says in uh, First Corinthians, I think. Can you put that up? We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Do I have that up? Can you put it up for me? And I'm fixing to close. The Bible says that we have this treasure. Last last verse on my on my uh, outline. Whoever's in the back, you got it. We have this treasure. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. You're going to hear this verse a lot. Listen to this. We have this treasure in jars of clay. That means, Justin, that God has put something inside of you. You are a jar of clay. To show the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. I'm going to say this and I'm going to close. When Jesus came to live in you, you were called a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. You were reborn. What did God put inside of you? Did he put a diluted form of his spirit In you? No. Did he use the generic brand to put inside of you? No. He put the very sinless, spotless, uncorrupted, incorruptible spirit of his son in. Side of you. Just gonna stop right there. You need to understand that you are carrying some precious cargo. You need to recognize. That the treasure that God's put in you, that he's invested in your life, is a treasure that's going to bring value to the very dead places that you're walking through right now. Because one of these days you're going to look back and you're going to see God, you did an awesome work in me and I thought you were gone. I thought you had left me, but yet you brought value to the very place that I thought was dead. Would you stand with me please?